and welcome back to Journal Updated, a podcast about games that give us choices. I'm Nora, I'm joined by Molly. Hi. And we're also joined by M. Hello. I'm guesting. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to the journal. Thanks. Now I get a codex entry that no one's ever going to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to put you in the lore. <clears throat> Here's my question. Is there a game where you've read every codex entry, journal entry, lore thing? Most games I do that for the first hour and a half and then go, it's not worth it, and then stop. Nah, is there a game you've done it for the entire thing? I mean, yes, but does Time Spinner count for this? No. Okay. I have I have a single yes answer, and it's for Dragon Age Origins. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I you don't know, think... I probably actually did it with Mass Effect 1 also, thinking about it, in retrospect. I thought that's what you did with games like that. I didn't know. I was an idiot. There's the just thing... often too much. The thing I remember most is playing Mass Effect 2 for the first time on just the world's worst CRT. Um, Part of the reason I never engaged with most of that game outside of left trigger, right trigger shooting things is that I couldn't read text on the screen at any point in the game. Uh, Other than than the the big dialogue wheel text. Oh, no. (laughs) Like the codex completely gone. Couldn't reach. I play. I played that game on a PC. So I did. Yeah, I I didn't have a PC capable of running Mass Effect until last year, and even then, it's shaky. Um. Yeah. No. Dragon Age Origins. For some reason, got really deep into the that game. I read the two books that were out at the time, and I was just listening to Abnormal Mapping at abnormalmapping.com, and you mentioned in today's episode that uh, you really liked Dragon Age Origins. I, I, I did at the time. I like a lot of things back in 2008 or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I liked less things in 2008 than I like now. <laughs> I, um, I'd never played a game like that before. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a lot. And to be fair, like the part where you're crawling through dungeons in that game, was all right. there's things in that game I like. I like Alistair. I like the dungeons and spell stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It's complicated. Eventually, maybe I'll write in when someone covers that game. Who could say? I know what you actually meant, but the I, it, mental image of you playing a game and be like, whoa, that guy's got pointy ears is really funny to me. What? What? What did I say? You said you'd never played a game like that. And I know what you mean, oh. but. Oh, okay. The oh. idea of you've never seen elves before would be really funny to me. You know, that is probably the first, like, non jrpg or zelda fantasy game i ever played be honest with you yeah yeah i could i guess i could imagine that yeah my first video game was the phantom menace on the playstation this uh, that yeah that is nora core that is peak nora (laughs) it's a decent game I remember not loving it, but I did rent rent it, or there was on a demo disc. I don't know. I was like fifteen. I played a lot of I bullshit. Feel like I don't it was remember. Definitely on a demo disc somewhere. I think my dad bought it for our PC because I have also played that game. Uh, and it was it's also fucking on the broken. Dreamcast. Yes, it is. It is pretty broken. Well, I don't. Ha- I never had a Dreamcast. <clears throat> I I remember standing in the Fry's Electronics, rest in peace, um, and holding two discs in my hand for the PlayStation. On in one hand, I was holding uh, Phantom Menace, and the other. Dark Forces, I think, and that Dark is truly where my life diverges. <laughs> I, I I don't know how the PlayStation port of Dark Forces is, but Dark Forces is cool. I've heard that it's very cool. It's on yeah. Steam. Do you you like, can just play it. Do you like I Doom? I do like Doom. 
Well, what if we skin Doom with Star Wars? <laughs> Is that the one with Kyle in it? Yes, yeah. but he's okay. just a guy with a gun. He doesn't so, get any of the Jedi shit until the second game. I've definitely started it in the last year, and then it didn't work right at the time. So I haven't played much of it. I definitely remember some weird graphical glitches on that one. But mm. um, I have a PC game brain now, so who knows? Maybe I can tinker with it or something. Um we're here technically to talk about tyranny, but I think we have other games to talk about first. Uh, yeah. Uh, M, do you want to go first? You play anything cool this month? Well, the problem is I have another game club where I talk about yeah. this stuff, but I did I did keep one in my back pocket for this podcast specifically, and I played about the first half of Psychonauts. Uh, oh, okay. The Double Fine game that recently was released on Xbox Series X backwards compatibility on Game Pass. If you have that, I don't know. Uh, spend five hundred dollars to play a bad game from two thousand two or whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with Psychonauts is Psychonauts on paper is a good idea. It's it's fun. It, it like the setting's interesting. The characters are mostly well written. The part that's bad is the game is one of the worst platformers I've ever played. I was going to say when you have to play it, that part's not good. <laughs> that part's so <laughs> it sucks, man. I have a lot of hope for Psychonauts 2 cuz all I have to do is make a game that doesn't platform like shit and they'll have a great double winner. Like you, you just know, need a jump button. Yeah. It's so bad. I played through that entire game before, um, and I, excepting the last 15 minutes because fuck the meat circus. And uh, going back to it, I was like, I don't know how I ever did this because this game is intolerable. Yeah, I I only played it. I think it was, I think I was already out of high school uh, the first time I played it, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so good!" And I'm like, playing. I'm like, "Are you guys sure?" Like, I, what, I played am it, I missing something? I played it years later, and um, I knew that it was a game with, like, infamously bad platforming, and I remember, like, kind of excusing it and being like, it was fine, otherwise, the game's bad. It's fucking bad. Yeah, See, I had always heard that it was, like, this classic, and I just missed out on it because I didn't have, I don't know what, was it an Xbox exclusive or something? I don't, I don't. Or maybe it was on PS2 or something when I only had a GameCube. But either way, yeah, I just Yeah, I think it was it. on all, I think it was on PS2 and Xbox. Yeah, <clears> that sounds right. I just missed it at the time, and then I heard people, like, not, like, normal people, I guess, but just, like, um, it seemed like people who talked about video games in the world that I was, I don't know how to, just, like, I don't mean just, like, video game, like, journalist people. But no, people will still try and sell you on this as, like, a classic game, well, like, a classic of gaming. Whatever that that analog was for the like twelve year old Nora who was like on GameFAX and like mm. whoever like the content creator types are whose like opinions have weight at the time for me, I just always heard that it was great. It was classic. It was just like assumed that it was good, and I was like, I don't know, that looks ugly as shit. I'm not playing that. The, th- that I mean, the thing is, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I cannot stress enough that that is literally still everyone today. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, like, 
the, the the aesthetic is very much cartoons of the time. Like it's, you know, this is a post invader Zim game, right? It's meant to be kind of off putting in the way that like nineties Nicktoons, like Avro monsters and Ren and Simbi, like it was all gross. It was yeah. all disgusting <clears throat> stuff. And it's like meant to be that it evokes that. And I think it does a really good job of that. And the scenarios are interesting, like going into people's brains and their brains are weird landscapes. And like the milkman stuff is classic for a reason. Cause it's good and fun, but uh, not when you're playing it, the part where you play, it sucks. I mean, yeah. I will say, <laughs> If that's what it's intending to do, it is successful because I remember seeing Courage the Cowardly Dog and being, nah, I don't like this. Yeah. Fucking watch your mouth about Courage. No, watch it. It's (laughs) of that lineage of animation. And, like, you could get everything you need out of that game just by, like, watching it on YouTube. I I just hope Mm. the second one's good. That's all. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I feel at some point they had to have learned to make a game that doesn't control, like, shit. So, Does Microsoft uh, own Double Fine yet? Yes, they do. Oh, thank God. I can just play it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay for it. Woo! Close one. Yeah. Molly. Unfurl uh, your great scroll of games. I'm looking at my list. It's not as much as I thought it was. Um, I played... Uh, I don't think I've talked about Dragon Quest Builders 2 on this yet. That's a very cute no. game. It does That's look a fun. I'm excited to try that at some point. That's a fun little time. You just go around helping people build stuff for them, build them houses and I didn't kitchens and cows. bars and stuff. No big cows. That is true. I wish there were big cows, but it's Dragon Quest, not uh, Harvest Moon. So, you know, are there no cows in Dragon Quest? No. What do people eat? Slimes. Ah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. What I mean, there's still (laughs) other monsters to eat. Like, they eat the the monsters. Like some Kentucky Fried Drakey. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, yeah, you, you play as a little builder guy, and everybody hates builders because somewhere in the past, the Lords of Destruction won the war, so everybody only believes in destroying things, not building things. Uh, and then you teach everybody that building things is good, actually. It's, it's very cute. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not done with it. I'm at a really boring part, unfortunately, and I hadn't played it for a bit because I wanted to get through Tyranny. Uh and uh, then I just haven't gone back because I've gotten oh. distracted by a few other games. Would they ask um, you to do build some shit? No, I got put in builder jail. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, listen, it's good, okay? Um. Anyway, uh, otherwise, I since I hacked the 3DS since coming back from St. Louis, I've played some Fantasy Life. Uh, that game's still really cute. I, I played it back in the day when it came out, but it's you know it's just nice to just do stuff, you know? Um, sew some pants, you know? Um, I played a little bit more Pokemon Heart Gold. Uh, I beat Resident Evil Village three times. Um, <laughs> that game's okay. It's pretty good. I like it. Uh, it's. I needed something to play on my PlayStation. I bought a mm-hmm. PlayStation Five. I need a game on it that I could just play. Yeah. Uh, and that did it. It was. It's. That's a. That's a fun game. I like. It. It's very silly. Uh, it. The thing that people like. I think compared it to four, as in like it's more. Uh, you do more shooting than you did in seven. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I think seven, I've watched seven, seven's scary to me. I don't want to play seven. That's too much. I don't like it. Uh, but eight is, uh, scary enough that I was definitely scared my first time through. Um, but also I managed to get through it and I'm kind of a baby about that stuff. So mm-hmm. first person camera is so much scarier than the third person camera, dude. Yeah. It's so much scarier. This is why I was like, I'll, we'll get to it, but I, um, when I loaded up Fortnite for the first time, I was like, what the oh my fuck? God. Third person? Yeah, it's in third person. <clears throat> the whole so game? Was, so was PUBG. That's not a real game. 
No, that's that's a very real. It was a very real game. <laughs> I'm I've got my eyes looking forward. Okay, I mean it's still like people still play it, you know. There's just still like it's an esport. Is it? Yeah. Do they have like events with like a hundred computers? No, because COVID. Oh right. <laughs> Did you forget about that? Yeah, I didn't think about it. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm playing Lost Odyssey right now. Because uh, oh, yeah? that's what Abnormal Mapping's playing next month. Abnormal Mapping? What's that? It's very nice of you to play along with all of our game clubs like this. Yeah, I you expect know. it to continue into the future indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. I didn't play uh, Max Payne 2 mostly because I was busy. Um, but I do want to play that, and I do have Gravity Rush on the shelf, so I might get to that at some point. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I I just, like, lost Odyssey, and I had a copy on the shelf already, so I was like, fuck it. And I had set up the 360 to play Fable 2, and then did not play Fable 2. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, well, since this is already plugged in, I may as well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for me. So, I played a lot of games this month. Yes. Um, I poked around with a bunch of CRPGs, as is my new thing. Um, <clears throat> I spent my morning the other day getting, um, an Intellivision emulator going what? after having failed to get a Mattel Aquarius emulator running because I what? wanted to play. <laughs> I want, I want to protest about calling the Intellivision a computer. I didn't. Okay. I, I assume this is related to the <laughs> CRPG thing. I'm like, there's no CRPGs on the Intellivision. There are. Um, what is there? Well, there are two advanced Dungeons and Dragons games. I think they're called. Uh, well, one of them is called The Treasure of Tarmin. The other one is AD&D Cloudy Mountain. Oh, these look. This is incredible. This is some adventure shit. Yeah. <clears throat> Cloudy Mountain. Um. Was originally just titled Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. They gave it the subtitle later when they made a second game. <laughs> um, I couldn't get these really to work because the emulator has like its own layout on the controller, and if you don't know, the Intellivision controller is one of those like number pad with like a spinny wheel yeah. under it, like a vertical controller. Uh, yeah. And mapping that onto like an eight bit dough is a little bit Hard. rough. You should probably play the keyboard. Just play the keyboard, yeah. The problem is that the keyboard has all of the retro arch shortcuts in it. So if oh, I hit no. K, it'll pause the game. <laughs> like, you can't just. Well, okay, yeah. I was gonna say just use it outside of retro arch, but I, I don't know how any of this shit works. I don't. I don't emulate stuff. <clears throat> I could probably get it going, but yeah. Uh, so that was like, I did what I could with that. Um, if I'm ever in a position to more comfortably play these, I will definitely go back to them because they they seem pretty cool. I was watching some speedruns uh, of Treasure of Tarmin just not 24 hours ago. Um, it seems really cool. Uh, but also I put probably 20 hours, maybe more, into um, uh, the Elder Scrolls Arena. And the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. 
Uh, I've put about six hours into Oblivion and maybe two or three into Daggerfall this month. Um, Arena, being the first Elder Scrolls game, is very different from what I had known, which was mainly just Skyrim. And it is definitely, like... Because I've been playing a bunch of, like, old CRPGs and, like, dabbling with stuff. Mainly, like, I played Wizardry a couple months ago, and I was got really into those for a little while. And then I started looking at the other things that kind of had a similar look and feel. And so what I en- ended up getting into were these... Uh, I've been calling them active time blobbers. <laughs> Because they are, like, the blobber of, like, having your whole party as one unit that progresses through the dungeon in first person. Uh, But this is in real time. So instead of getting into random encounters and having menus, you'll just come across monsters. And then you'll click on the screen where the sword icon is, where your character is holding a sword. And it'll make an attack roll. And those games, I played a bunch of them. Some of them I recorded for the YouTube channel for export video. Um, <clears throat> those pretty cleanly lead into Arena, where now in Arena, like some of the other contemporary games like this had gotten rid of the grid-based movement. And so you were using arrows on the screen to move um in first person but the the world was in 3d and you were moving around freely and so the thing that uh arena brings for me like i haven't like there might have been others like this but the um actually mapping attack functions to like buttons rather than part of the ui on the screen which in Arena is you hold down the right click and you sweep your mouse side to side to slash your sword or whatever. And <clears throat> it's almost entirely played with the mouse, or can be, because um, as you have your cursor on the screen, like the bottom chunk of the screen is is all like meters and options to click to open different menus, but... When you click on the screen where the action is, you can just drag the cursor forward, like by going up, and you'll start walking forward. And if you move it to the top right corner, you'll move forward while turning. If you move it to the bottom right, you'll just strafe to the right without looking. Um, And if you drag it down toward the bottom, you'll back up. And it's you can move through the dungeons um, just by using the mouse. And if you don't have your weapon out... You can right-click to jump, and that's all you need to do to, like, traverse any space in the game. I'm getting a headache thinking about how to control this game. It's actually really easy. If you've... Okay, this isn't for either of you. Mouse button tank controls. But it's first person. It's fine. Um, If anyone out there has played the Android version of KOTOR... Where you like slide your thumb up to start moving, and then you like steer by moving your thumb left and right... That's kind of what's happening here. I know that that's not a popular version of KOTOR to play, but I do really uh, like that version of KOTOR. Um, anyway, Arena is fucking great. It's just super charming. 
the um, a lot of the overworld is procedurally generated, and the town layouts I think are also randomly generated uh, for your game. I could be wrong, but um, there's a lot of like randomization to make the world bigger. And you don't really need to mess with that stuff because you can fast travel between any of the towns in the game, many of which are still the same as far as Skyrim. Like, you go to the Skyrim section in Arena, and you'll still see, like, Falkreath and Winterhold, all the all the big towns that are in the, there in Skyrim. Um, so you don't really need to touch that aspect of it, but... Going through these dungeons and, like, there are a lot of dungeons. There's, you have to find the eight pieces of the Staff of Chaos and do the intro dungeon and the the final dungeon. And then to get each piece of the Staff of Chaos, you have to do a, a side dungeon first to unlock the main dungeon. So, what is that, 20 dungeons altogether? And... Some of them are pretty extensive, but it is a 3D first-person environment wherein everything is laid out in blocks. And, like, you have a spell called Passwall that lets you delete blocks and delete, like, carve through walls and stuff. Um, But you can't look up or down, and you don't really need to. But it's one of those, like, very... Sort of like Doom, um, if you're playing Doom correctly. Uh, where you can't look up and down. Uh, I was also enjoying Marathon not too long ago, um, which is like this as well. And I just had a lot of fun uh, playing through like a bunch of dungeons with this uh, this game. Um, and it has like just really fun loop of getting stuff in the dungeon, identifying it at the Mage's Guild, selling it, uh, and going on to the next one, and it's just really fun. And there's a lot of character in that first game that um, some some of it is carried through to uh, subsequent games. I'm doing a Let's Play of it on the YouTube channel at exportodd.io slash video right now. Um, when I can manage it, <laughs> because the gameplay and progression is pretty segmented um in terms of like how short the dungeons are and how short like prep between dungeons is so i've been having a lot of fun with that daggerfall is bigger um and again relies a lot on that procedural generation stuff to make this huge huge world and have all these quests and factions that are all really empty for me because it's like oh i joined the mages guild they're going to assign me quests that are get x item at y location and then i just go there and there's a randomized dungeon then at some point in there i will find not just a version of the item i'm looking for the specific drop of this herb is what i need i can't just pick up any you know instance of this item i have to find specifically the one in the dungeon that is marked for the quest. But then when you bring it back, you just get reputation points for that faction. And there's not really that much drive for me to dig into Daggerfall because it is so heavily um, randomized. And I could do more of the main quest. Uh, I just haven't. Because instead, I 
skipped it and played a bunch of Morrowind with my own little like narrative tying the first three games together pretty neatly. Um, and Morrowind is a very different game. I played it a little bit when I was a kid and I didn't really get it, but I bought it at like uh, a garage sale, but it was like a garage sale for like a whole church and like they had the whole parking lot full of stuff and I bought a big Ziploc baggie with a disc case the folded up map and the manual just in this plastic bag and I had a lot of fun like poking at it but I didn't have it in me to play that kind of game at that point where I was like I don't really know what I'm doing I don't want to read this much either uh and when I swing my sword I don't hit things which, you know, attack rolls escaped me at the point. I didn't understand what was happening. Um, but having come back to it probably 20 years later, maybe not 20 years, 15, I'll say 15 years, um, it's just really cool. It's a charming game. I keep saying charming because I don't really know what else to say. I just really enjoy some of the sensibilities of these games and these, like, adventures and uh morrowind's just really cool uh i've been streaming oblivion because uh that's the one i know the least about so i was like well i'll just play this for fun and like uh stream it and see what happens because i don't know what the fuck that game is could be anything oh it's just the one before skyrim mostly yeah but that's the one that was new when I was first getting into video games. Because I remember Game Informer, I remember seeing Oblivion in the pages of Game Informer, the first issue or two that I got. Um, sure. Alongside that last Thief game. What was that? Deadly Shadows? I, I don't I haven't played any Thief. I played like 20 minutes of the, the PS4 Thief, and I did not like that at all, but... Uh, but yeah, I've just become a big Elder Scrolls head in the last month. Uh, deep into the lore, deep into the games. Uh, Autumn has sure joined did. me and has been streaming Morrowind. I just think this is a really fun uh, setting and some really fun games. Um, Arena has quickly become like one of my favorite RPGs. And it's wild to think about because like for years, no one said this, but there was just this understanding i had that well nobody really talks about arena or daggerfall so they must not like i mean those are like the weird other ones before the real shit started with morrowind like nobody cares about those and i don't i don't think that's necessarily untrue i think lots of people discount those games because they're so old and because they're so um different looking and playing than the subsequent games but um you know, ever since I downloaded Rogue last late last year and just started burning through a bunch of old computer RPGs, I just had a real affection for these um, fantasy games, and I think that Arena is really good. I had a lot of fun with it until um, I lost my save file <laughs> and um, had to start over, so that's when I decided to turn it into a Let's Play and share it because i i want more people to at least see this because it's a really cool game i'm glad you're having fun yeah it's good 
uh, I made up a whole backstory for how the protagonists of the first two games got married. And then, well, maybe they didn't actually get married, but they definitely had a kid who was the narrator. <laughs> sure. Which is the important part. Um, but yeah, I just have a real strong fondness for this series now that I did not have this time last month. Um, I've sort of like jumped feet first into the deep end and just like immersed myself in all these like all these games and this this world and these characters and stuff and it's just weird now to see people talk about the Elder Scrolls as a subject of nostalgia as somebody who does not have nostalgia for any of it um it's just a, a totally different uh approach to it that I have and oh they're cool games I downloaded Elder Scrolls Online because <laughs> I got too deep. I have the yep. mobile game on my phone right now. You have the um, what on your phone? Blades? The Elder Scrolls Blades? No, oh, stop, honey. I was hoping it would play like Arena, and it doesn't. No. It plays like Pokemon why Go. Would it, why would it play like Arena? No, okay. Whatever. Because you could... <laughs> there is a untapped potential for translating old CRPG controls to a touchscreen. And I just think that somebody should think about that. You did. So, You're the did. person I who thought, thought about, about it. it. <laughs> um, that's a lot of words about Elder Scrolls that I've been saying. Um, outside of that, I've just been playing AD&D licensed computer RPGs. <laughs> um, which I'm actually... I will say this here. Because I asked some friends... Uh, I'm going to start recording some playthroughs of, like, Pool of Radiance and, like, uh, Eye of the Beholder and old other, older stuff where you just kind of, you can port any existing, like, tabletop guy into the game and just give them the same stats and just, you know, that's your guy. Uh, so I will happily record videos of other people's D&D characters so that I can, like, see if I can get through these games. Um, I've got some from friends already that I'm going to, you know, queue up for the meat grinder, so to speak. And um, I'm looking forward to playing more of those. Neat. Do you, you all want to talk about tyranny? Sure. I mean, we could just call it. That was a podcast. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm going to sip my sweet tea. Okay. And we're going to transition into talking about tyranny. It's a video game. So, Molly. Yeah. Have mercy on my throat and tell me what tyranny is. Uh, it's a CRPG by Obsidian where you play as uh, a fate binder of Tunon, uh, Tunon being the Archon of Justice. Um, you are tasked by Overlord Kairos, who is in charge of the world at this point, except for one area. 
uh, and you are to deliver an edict, which is a powerful spell that always works no matter what, I guess, um, to uh, the Scarlet Chorus and the Disfavored, who are the two main factions uh, of the game that are under Overlord Kairos because they've been bickering, um, that if they do not capture Ascension Hall within seven or before Kairos's Day of Swords, uh, they will all be killed, every single one of them. Uh, everybody in the area will die. Uh, so you uh, set out to resolve that. You eventually take Ascension Hall. It has a big spire. You're the special person who can activate the spire. Uh, and you get some magic power. Um, you choose to ally either with the Disfavored or the Scarlet Chorus. Or you can strike out on your own. Um, while Tunon wants you to investigate whether either faction has purposefully... Um, sabotage the campaign to take the tears, which is that last area that Kairos has not taken on this continent. Um, so you do an investigation there, and eventually you can choose what to do with the other Archons. Uh, you become an Archon yourself after activating all the Spires, um, and eventually you can start delivering edicts of your own and things like that. Um, and you get powerful, and then you know you decide what to do with the other Archons in the area. And you think that's the long after, and short of it? After you activate two of the towers, if you're playing in my save file. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's tyranny. Um, this that's is not that's our tyranny. First, this is not our first Obsidian Joint on this podcast. What was the other one? The Outer Worlds. Oh, I right, swear to God. I swear to God, Obsidian's made good games. I promise. I you know. I know they have. <laughs> I know they have. They just haven't shown. We've picked the two bad ones. Unfortunately, I mean, like Tyranny's not bad. I mean, it's just... you could have you could have picked South Park: The Sick of Truth. It could we be could worse. have done that. No, it we could couldn't. be worse. You're right. <laughs> no, we couldn't. No, that game has choices. <laughs> no, we could pick that. That is a valid <laughs> journal game. I'm not going to play it, but it is a valid <laughs> journal game. <sighs> um. I've also played maybe ten minutes of Alpha Protocol sometime in my life. That did not. I really want to play Alpha Protocol. Sure. It seems cool. Yeah, it seems cool. Yeah, I know it got ripped up by a bunch of people, but I I've heard good things from some. I've heard nothing from no one. So tyranny, like, tyranny. Um, yeah, so, uh, you, you, at the beginning, you get to make some, like, choices about your backstory, and, like, while I was doing that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I kind of see what's going on here, this is okay, uh, and then you get to the part where you have to play it, and, uh, maybe not, maybe, maybe no thank you. Um, it, it is a, uh, I guess it's supposed to be tactical, like, uh, real-time yeah. combat, um, where you, it's... you know, you're... My character had like interrupts and silences mm. and things like that, and I, I played on story uh, because generally I don't like this kind of game uh, in terms of combat. But my God, is it even so slow on story? I cannot imagine what it's like on regular difficulty. It was. I started the game on normal um, for my first couple of sessions playing it, uh, and it was like, I guess. I don't want to say it was tense necessarily, but like there was definitely a, oh, I need to engage with this. I need to pause and issue orders and make the combat go again. I need to like step in and make sure that the right things happen or else I'll die. Um, but I, I was not that enthused with it. And then I like 
took two and a half weeks off to play all of the Elder Scrolls games. And when I came uh-huh. back, I was like, right, this. And so I turned it to story, and then I I hit the tilde key, and I typed in, I roll 20s, and then I hit the tilde key again, and I typed in God, and I activated God mode, which you have to reactivate all the time, because it just drops it sometimes. But that's how I played the game. I did not want to uh, risk uh, failing to do things. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I, I don't think there was anything overly difficult. It just took a while. It did um, take a while. Let me tell you, even when you hit the plus button and you turn on fast mode, and you're invincible, um, except for the times when Siren just refused to be invincible um, for some reason. I don't know why she's special. Um, it still took forever to do most of the things in the game. And I think the yeah. worst, the worst offender of this is just like... Um, not I movement or travel like those are not the words I want to use here but I can't find the word of like when you get to the area you want to talk to uh, uh, Ash what's Graven Ash is that his name yeah Graven um, Ash and to get to him you have to walk through this winding path up to his fortress and you can't skip it unless you use the console to turn off the fog of war that comes back every time you leave a map um and like you have to just walk all the way up there to talk to him and then walk all the way back out and you can travel between different locations but you can only start that travel from the designated spots at the corners of the map and so it was a lot of just like okay i'm just gonna walk all the way back so i can do the next thing um which would probably not be a big deal if I was more invested in the video game. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it takes a while to walk places, but I didn't think, like, getting to specific parts of the map was really a big deal, especially in camps or anything. There were a couple, like, combat maps where it's like, I really have to go all the way around and do XYZ, huh? But for the most part, like, it it was okay. It was a little slow. Yeah, it was a little slow. Would not be as frustrating if I had more, like, affection for the game, I'm sure. Sure. Um, my main problem is that it's just kind of boring. Uh, yeah. There's The story is not particularly interesting. Uh, the setup where you are like a villain um, and you are like pursuing to or you are attempting to like take the tears and have it join uh, Kairos's like conquest uh, I like that idea. That's just, that's that makes for a fun game, but they did not do much with it. I don't think uh, there's a couple moments where it was kind of cool to be a villain, uh, uh, <laughs> like where you kick the guard lady off the top of the first tower. That that shit was great. Uh, but the rest of it, most of the time, it's like, do you want to kill this baby, you baby killer? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to kill a baby. Uh, and then. Uh, Siren in your party goes, are you sure you're not going to kill the baby, you piece of shit? And I was like, okay, calm down! Oh, I definitely didn't get Siren until, like, almost the end of the game. Wait, really? I just happened to find her, I guess. Until I went to do the quest in that town with the helmet that I don't even know if y'all got, because I was on a different route. Yeah, um, and no, that's, not... that's part of the... Okay. Part of the main uh, quest. I didn't come across her at all, and I only like, found her at all because that 
I could not for the life of me remember which door went where in that town. Oh. So I just walked into the wrong door looking for the other the quest guy. And then I found her and I was like, okay, yeah, you can join my party, I guess. But yeah, that was like end of act two nearly. Yeah, I got uh, I got her pretty quick. Yeah, I got her immediately after act two started. Yeah, it was I, really funny because the first time you talk to her like at um, the chorus camp, she's like, hey, you piece of shit. What's up? Like you, you suck. And then you find her in that other town and she's like, yeah, I'll come with you. I don't know. I'm not doing anything else. Like, OK, the the the, the way that characters, the party members specifically are like, no, yeah, I'll join you uh, felt really really fast to me like not uh barrack and verse those are your like i mean those are your representatives from the two factions that's i want to say your your caden and ashley you know like the first two that you get that represent the two different sides yeah i guess that's probably about right um like those i understand but then like i met ebb and she was like We'd rather die than submit to Kairos's rule. I was like, okay. And then I fight her in Ascension Hall and I beat her and she's like, okay, no, 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 no. Actually, living is pretty good. So I'll hang out with you. And then like, it just felt unclear why she was hanging out with me as I continued to do evil shit to the place that she wanted to free. And she at no point, like, questioned, hey, you killed a baby. Um, well, I think the implication for her, at least, is you will kill her if she does not chill with you, I guess? Yes, that's true. So, you know. Yeah, I um, don't know. Yeah. Uh, kills in Shadow, uh, is the whole Beast's Men thing going on, mm-hmm. not, not good. Did not like any of that. Uh, yeah. Weird alpha male-like stuff going on there. You I see, don't know there, how to describe it. There's lots of alphas, but then there's the prima. The thing the thing with that is you're introduced to the Beastmen, and this whole game is about, like, 18 different factions all fucking hate each other, but all of them will turn and be super racist to the, like, native-coded yes. werewolf women. Mm-hmm. Extremely I just uh, found her and I was lot. like, oh, cool, big wolf lady. Yeah, you can chill with me. That's fine. I'm good with that. Um, and, you know, I did my best to not read the dialogue because it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, they have, like, really affected beast dialogue. <laughs> like, you know, they're the hunters and they're not, like, articulate in a way that's like, you can't do, you can't fucking do this. Yeah, it's extremely the me-am guy kind of situation me am hunter just how do how'd you like the the voice acting direction on that character as well i didn't listen oh bad it's bad i click i listened to a little bit and i'm like oh clicking through all this shit yeah not not listening to this um did any because right, uh, you already know it's gonna be bad like i don't want to expose yeah. myself more did any of the like combat quips like burn themselves into your brain like they did for me this thing couldn't cut through cloth. <laughs> Damn thing couldn't cut through cloth. Uh, do you fear death, worm? Bleed out already. Yeah, I it's... suck at this. How am I not dead yet? Yeah, I don't know. That one was funny. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, the the thing. So this is like the Obsidian post Pillars, Pillars of Eternity. Yes. Um, this game feels like a Kickstarter game, though, and I know it's not. No, Pillars is the Kickstarter. Pillars is a much better game than this. <laughs> For the but, record, but this has like a like a complexity of systems at work that feels like stretch goals being added, like the whole making your own spells thing that I never oh touched. My God, it's so you can bad. make your own spells in this. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. No. Yes. Their spell system is weird. Yes. Okay, I know what you mean. I was thinking you... like Morrowind. <laughs> no, you choose a shape. I.e. like yes, uh, projectile or on self or whatever, and then you choose an effect, which is what type of damage you wanted to do. <laughs> um, and it's just like you have to unlock all these different sigils, and you can customize your little symbol to make your special fireball spell. But like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to touch. There's that also at all. not that many combinations of runes and some of them don't combine with others yeah it's like i had a new like core that i couldn't use because for some reason that particular damage type couldn't be a projectile or whatever yeah you can't use it with this accent or whatever yeah yeah i poked around with it a little bit mostly because i was like i just need one fucking healing spell like and then got it, and I was like, okay, great. I'm never interfacing with this again. I tried a couple times to make, like, a fireball for um, Siren. I'm like, you should probably have some more offensive options. Uh, and I guess it worked, but it's... It, I don't know. It it seems really fiddly. Uh, and yeah. I don't know how to raise your lore stat, so... Uh, well, I can tell you one way to <laughs> raise your lore stat... But it, I mean, I guess put points in mind, but no, you 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 open the console and you say player skill lore one thousand, and then <laughs> oh, okay, sure. But um, like between that and the combo abilities that are tied to faction uh, reputations, which each faction and character has two rep- uh, reputation tracks, which are uh, loyalty and fear. And as you increase both of those by doing things they like and don't like, if you hit the fourth tier, you'll unlock some kind of ability. And there's, like, one for everybody? Like, there's an ability for when the Bronze Brotherhood hate you. And... Yeah, I had that. There's also, like, a combo ability where, like, uh, I think... Who is it that launches you into the air and you shoot? You can a launch bunch verse of into the air and shoot a bunch of arrows. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of those. I'm gonna launch one of us into the air and do some shit um, in these combo attacks. And it just felt like there were so many of them, and I didn't use any of them um, because, like, I didn't need to. But um, even when I wasn't like you know cheating, I didn't feel that compelled to use them, and they felt like add-ons like some they had tacked that on after the fact because like just using the the other abilities that you get from the skill trees and pausing and stuff to issue orders or to issue like multiple orders in a row and have your guy like do those things it felt that felt like the video game and then all this other stuff felt really weird and fiddly and added on in a way that was not very engaging yeah, I mean, a lot of those skills were just, like, passives. 
Uh, so that was nice, at least, like, yeah. for your faction bonuses and whatnot. Um, I, I ended up using uh, a few of them, and when I found some of the artifacts, I like to use the artifact skills. Mm. Um, but one problem I ran into, and this is just because I was playing on story, I think, is it only resets on rest, and I didn't really need to rest that much. Right, yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't end up using a lot of the combo skills, because those are always per rest. Um but there were, there were, like, a couple times late game where, even on story mode, I was getting my ass kicked by some of the fights, like, with Blood and Mark and uh, things like that. Just I think that's just supposed to be, like, the hardest fight is Blood and Mark. But, uh, mm. yeah, it, it still kind of beat me up a little bit. I was a little surprised. Um, yeah. Uh, so, y'all took a different route through this game than I did. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, M, you and I did the Scarlet Chorus for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we, you and me, had very different Scarlet Chorus playthroughs, though. Yeah, it seemed like it. Because, um, go ahead. I de- I definitely was like more aggressive about like the game presents you with the problem, right? Like these two factions aren't getting along. Someone needs to come in and clean this shit up. I come in, talk to them both. Ash seems like a huge asshole. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this yeah. guy. The guy, the other guy is the Joker, but I can deal with the Joker. I can ignore him. His people seem more motivated. I like verse more than Barrick. Fuck Barrick. Yes. Barrick sucks. <laughs> um, and so I just went through and like cleanly paved over every problem and got in voices of Narat's good graces as the leader of the Scarlet chorus. And he's a Joker man who eats people's like minds. And then they all live inside of him or whatever a yeah. real sicko <laughs> i mean the problem um, is like his concept is so much better than ashes because ash is just a dude and a general ash, and he's so ash boring is, ash is extremely like we like game of thrones and we know you like game <laughs> yes. of thrones to which i say a doubt extreme doubt about that one <laughs> he's just like the guy on the wall he's like all his yes. men love him and maybe he keeps them alive with his magic turns out that's true he does keep yes, them alive yeah, with his magic. He does. And, and he's um, like damn he my body feel, hurt he can feel all of them Yes. <laughs> He's got that Yoda force link. He can feel all the younglings. And so I was just busy getting it all done and aligning with voices in as I got, because you're quickly tasked in act two with like, someone's fucked up here. Your job is to gain evidence for who is the person who has stymied the war effort and what they could possibly yes. be doing. And Voice of Narad has way more damning evidence against him than He Ash has does. so <laughs> much evidence against him. It is bonkers. So I'm just quietly doing my job, working for Voice of Narad, getting all this evidence together, and I'm like, well, fuck Ash and, you know, fuck Voice of Narad. But I've got a, I've got a plan here. I think it's going to work. And it ended up working out really well. Is where I got in really good with Voice of Narad and got everything handed, done, and then you get to Act 3 and you're one of the Archons now. It's like, our Archons fight amongst yourselves, and I went and killed Graven Ash. And when I go to tell Voice and Narad, Voices and Narad is like, "Great, well now I'm going to just eat your brain and whatever." And I'm like, "Well, actually, what if you ate Eb's brain? It'd be great, <laughs> actually." And Eb's like, are, "Are you fucking kidding?" And I'm like, "No, I I think this is a good idea. You just need to trust me." And she was afraid of me and liked me enough to do this <laughs> because the sure. game is stupid sometimes. <laughs> because every companion has like fear and loyalty. Yeah, fear they, and loyalty. But they're but not. They they're not like either or. You can have yeah, just they don't compete. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is um, a good thing. That makes sense to me in some ways. Yeah. But you need high loyalty to get it done. But also when people are high loyalty and high fear, you get a lot of weird dialogue where like, they're yes. like, you're a monster. I'll do anything you say. Follow you to the gates <laughs> of hell, sir. <laughs> yes. Anyway, 
I had I had Voices of Narat need her brain, and if Voices of Narat eats the brain of a companion that is over, I think loyalty four, that person takes over the voices and becomes oh. the lead personality. So Voices of Narat is now in my like retinue, basically. It's Voices of Ebb, and uh, she's got the baby because I left the baby with Narat, and so she's gonna mother this baby and be the leader of the Scarlet Chorus, who's well, that's full nice. of her people because I put the Tide whatever the Tide mages in the Scarlet Chorus back in the early part of the game. Um, which is how her ending went. She got the best ending of anyone. She just created a bunch of like a huge mage class. Uh, yeah, and, sounds like um, she did great. And so everyone's dead or cowed or whatever. And so I go to um, what's that guy's name? The judge guy. Uh, Tunon. Yeah, I go to Tunon and Tunon's like, well, you, you did what I asked. Like, this is great. You understood exactly your remit and you did it well. You were you were the perfect cop and it ensured the peace. So I guess you should be in charge. <laughs> he just switches sides. He's like, you should be the overlord. Like, fuck the other overlord. You should do it. I'm like, no, no, no. We're here to ensure peace. A war is not going to do anything. So I'm like, well, we're just going to, you can, you can, you know, be my right hand and you can create legis- uh, like new laws. And I'm just going to submit to uh, Kairos as well. And I did. And everything ended. And I was put in charge of the area and the armies went home and everyone lived a very tenuous, happy ending. <laughs> That's basically what I wanted to do. And the game said, no, dipshit. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, so I, I ended up having a, uh, companion quest with Verse where she tells you about, like, her, uh, squad of, of Scarlet, uh, chorus members that she had been, the Scarlet Furies that she had been with, um, and that somebody had murdered them at some point, and you get a note from Voices of Narak going, hey, I figured out who murdered them, go find this person. So you do a quest, and Verse gets her revenge and all that, um, and at the end of it, it's like, wait, the Voices was in on this too. We have to take him out, too. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I was going to do that anyway. Let's go do that. Uh, so I kill the voices. Um, Verse is worried that I think there is like a way it could go where Verse just gets eaten by the voices. Uh, yeah, but, you could we didn't that have didn't voices happen. eat anyone. Yeah. Well, no, this was this was like her before we went over there. And she was like, I think oh. he's trying to eat me from here. And you're like, oh, well, weird. just don't let him. And then she goes, <laughs> OK, I won't. <laughs> and then it works. So... Um, yeah, so I just straight murdered that guy, um, and then I was like, well, Ash hates me, so I guess I have to go kill him, too, and I had interpreted this because Kairos was like, okay, there better only be one overlord when I get back from the grocery store, uh, or one archon when I get back from the grocery store and look at the tears again, I'm like, okay, well, I could do that, um, so I go, and then I go see Tunon, and I'm like, hey, Tunon, I did what you asked. Both of them were fucking up the war effort very purposely. I gave you all the evidence, and he's like, you fucked up. You weren't supposed to uh, uh, mete out justice without me. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And he's like, no, you suck. I'm going to have Blood and Mark kill you. And I was like, well, okay, fine. And then I kill Blood and Mark, and then Tunon uh, fights me, and then I kill him, and he's gone. And then the game decides that because all that happened, I wanted to oppose Kairos, and I was like, no! I'm just chilling! Uh, and it wouldn't let me just be like, yeah, I'll just rule the tears, man. It made me, um, it made me, like, the ending was you oppose Kairos, and you started to lead a revolution from the other side, and everybody's talking about the other overlord that exists. I'm like, that's not really what I wanted, but sure. Um, it's interesting because Blood and Mark for me sent me a mi- like a message at the beginning of Act Three is like, okay, you think you got this all set up? You think it's real? You're real clever playing both sides, but yes. I know what you're doing. Come fight me in the woods, one on one me, and I did, and I fucked that guy up. Oh, he so. just he just sent me a letter that said, "Can't wait to kill you, bitch," and then did not say <laughs> anything else to me until I oh. went and saw Tune on. 
Did you not reply to the letter? I think you could just be I like, I did reply to the letter. Fight. I okay. was like, okay, bet. And then he didn't mail me again. Weird. He, yeah, he yeah, mailed me. He didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> so I took the uh, disfavored path. Boo. Uh, there are four paths, which are the three we've talked about, and the rebellion path, which is where you side with the people you're supposed to be fighting against. Yeah. Um, the disfavored path, uh, so I got to act three and, uh, Tunon was like, okay, you got that evidence for me, right? <laughs> Bud? And I was like, yeah, um, well, as you can see in, um, in the, pr- in, in the conquest mode at the very beginning of the game, I learned that the... Uh, Scarlet Chorus hung out with the locals for a festival day once. Um, that's pretty shady. And then they also stole Grave and Ash's lunch money. So that's, you know, some pretty severe stuff going on. That's all I got. And he's like, well, you failed to make a compelling case. (laughs) But I like what you've been doing around here. Um, go... Um, figure out like we have to like decide what to do about only one archon is left you work for me still technically so go figure this out and I go to um no sorry I skipped blood and mark uh because um blood and mark fights me in the courtroom and i kill him and he's like ah well that sucks he had the the letter that he sent me was like hey kid i don't have anything against you but i am gonna kill you (laughs) because um i could have increased his his disposition toward me but i i didn't feel like it um and so i went to oh sorry I'm getting ahead of myself because the thing that actually happened with Tunon after that is that I Wilhelm Ryan'd him and I presented such a good case for why I had broken the Kairos' rules that he was like, damn, you should just decide what rules are, actually. You're so much better at this than me. I will serve you. And so he swore himself to me and so I had him in my pocket and then I went to uh, the Scarlet Chorus uh, Siren was also an Archon, and she's like, no, I don't want to fight. I'm good. I'm, I'll bow to you. And um, I went to the Scarlet Chorus, and I killed Voices of Neurot, and then I went to Ironhearth and talked to uh, Graven Ash, and Graven Ash was like, okay, look, you did good. You did look really good. Now just bow down to me, and we'll get this all sorted out. And I said, no. No, uh, the opposite of that. And he's like, no, I'm the general, and uh, you've been working with me this whole time. You're basically my soldier. Uh, You'll never really be my soldier, because we're very uh, insular, but, you know, you're basically mine. And I said, but your men are mine, because I'm the one actually fighting with them. I'm the person they see, and you've just been staying here. Um contemplating all of their wounds and he's like damn that's true i got so focused on 
preserving the individuals in my army that I have neglected the war effort. And so, yes, I will bow down to you, and you will be the Archon of the of the Tears. And so, other than Bled and Mark, I, and, you know, Voices of Narat, because fuck that guy, um, I got the other Archons to uh, swear their fealty to me. And then when the other army shows up at the end, I was like, no, we're cool. I'm with you, actually. I just took a roundabout path to do it, but no, no, we're we're all Kairos here. It's it's fine. Um, and then it was like, and then there was peace, except for the Beastmen. They were all, they all <laughs> suffered under the, uh, as always, uh, under the the humans, as always. Yeah. Uh, but everyone else, it's all fine. The world was conquered, uh, and. Now that everyone is together, uh, there's no war. And uh, the end. So, a little bit less eventful, I guess. But Yeah. Uh, I, I never... Like, the people in the chorus were okay. Like, I mean, granted, they all just turned into, like, murder horny people. But whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I know some people. Um, and... <laughs> I, they, they were fine, and then all the disfavored guys just kind of suck. Uh, so they all I liked really me didn't want to. Of my choices in the conquest part, like yeah, the disfavored just really liked me, and I was like, "All right, we're we're chill." And then it was just fine. Like they liked me too, and then I got to Graven Ash. It's like, oh my god, you're so boring. <laughs> I just saw Ash and Neurot, and I was like, "Well, one of you's fucking around." And it was both you... of them. Well, extremely yeah. both of them. What I when I got the shit? quest, when I got the quest that's like collect evidence. When I opened the quest, I already had like five things for the voices. It was bonkers. <laughs> and then like I told I told uh, Tune on, and I was like, "Hey, this guy definitely did it." He's like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to do anything about that." Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, great, thank you. Um, one thing I like about this scene was the missives. The yeah. the letters back and forth that was pretty fun. I liked that, that. That might be one of my favorite parts of the game. Actually, um, you'll get mail from characters in the world, and you'll be given an option of three, usually three uh, replies to send back. And sometimes that's um, choosing what tone you're taking with your boss, and sometimes it's choosing what questions to ask this um, sort of hermit, like another uh, fate binder. Fate binder. Yeah, who's, like, been around longer than you. And it was just really neat. And it was also fun when, like, Tunon sends you a message, and he's like, hey, can you come over? And you're like, yeah, I'll be there right away because I'm the good, uh, you know, servant of Kairos. And then he doesn't need to reply, but he does send you another message after that saying, good, we're looking forward to seeing you. This poor pigeon. (laughs) I liked Tunon. I wish he would have liked me. He just didn't like me at the end, and I don't know why. He really liked me. He just he just was mad that I killed those guys, even though that was what we were doing. We were gonna kill those guys. I don't know, Tunon. He got he got mad that I got ahead of him, I guess. Maybe he wouldn't have liked me if I had gone to deal with the other two before dealing with him and before he like swore to my authority. Yeah, I guess it's that I went to him third, because I was like, I hang on, Tunon, I gotta go solve a problem real quick. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, he does like swear to uh fealty to me and say that my my law is is the is the law 
And so that's probably why he didn't care that I murdered uh, Neurot. Yeah, I, I probably just did it in the wrong order. You did it in an yeah. order. I did it in an order, yeah, but yeah. I didn't get what I wanted, so... Ah, uh, well, how can we know when we're really satisfied? Well, that's not... Well, I was... Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, uh, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about with this game? I, uh, there was not a lot here for me to chew on, I don't think. Oh, so, the conquest mode is, like, really interesting. Oh, it's yeah, like a- yeah. It's like a choose an adventure thing um, where you get a bunch of like broad choices that make sense because you're the person who's come to fix like a huge interfactional conflict. You have a lot of authority and you do all that stuff and there's like, you know, fallout and it, there's no good like right choice or anything. And it seems very messy. And then you start the real game and the real game is like some assholes three rungs down the ladder telling you to go fetch like a stone that they left in a field somewhere yeah. because it's a CRPG and they need you to have a party that runs through a field and fight some guys but because it's like you know a modern game they don't have the money for like real dungeons <laughs> there's like three in the game and they're not very good yeah um no they are not good and so most of the game is like this weird tension between like the premise is really interesting you're the bad guys you're like a, a you're the cia for an evil overlord and you're going in and you're fixing everything to ensure an endless peace and there's not a question of like buy into it like you know that's the premise of the game you're the bad guys that's that's what they sold the game on to everyone yes. and it's, it's called, called tyranny. tyranny yeah it's really weird the game immediately starts putting things in your way like what if you what if you rebelled like clearly both these sides are assholes no one's likable on either Ooh. side it's murder horny or like these 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 stuck-up soldier guys who also suck and are imposing their will and like tariffs on all the people that they're lording over and it's like uh but then all the other factions that you can rebel towards are also terrible Yes, they are all pretty bad. And I'm not saying that you have to be like, this game doesn't have to be like pro-fascist, but it it doesn't even put forth the argument that the premise asks, which is you get this done and you subdue these lands and there's a peace. There's like a global hegemon that controls everyone. The game doesn't even like offer the argument that that's a good thing. It just gives you options to like blow it all up for no good reason. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, pretty early on, it gives you the option, like, when you take the spire, you you have the option immediately to say, fuck everyone, this is mine. I'm on my own. Like, how do you interpret that? And maybe you don't, and maybe this isn't the way you play it, but, like, when you have a character and you're, like, playing through this game and at every turn the game gives you the option to take this course of action, do you ever interpret that as a your character is like tempted to do that. So they're considering it. And that's why the option is there. Or it's, do you ever think about this? Is this just me? No, no, no. I think about this a lot because uh, specifically uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead season one, um, which is a game hopefully I'll cover someday. When, yes. the, uh, you know, uh, it was written by people who are on Idle Thumbs, which is a podcast I like a lot and inspired my own podcasts. And they talked a lot about the main character in that game, all of the options, they wrote them to be things that he was considering. There was never a, like a left field option. It was always meant to be consistent with like, he's got to make a choice. And these are the things in his brain that are possible choices. I think the nature of a CRPG makes that impossible, or at least this one definitely does. Mm -hmm. The too many things are like dramatically in opposition uh, to where, if that's true, then your character is as like rudderless and visionless as the voices of Narat, right? Like it's, you are just full joker mode because your options are always like kill the baby like 
Oh, like take stewardship of the baby. Yes. <laughs> Let the baby go. You can't have all three things like just like sit there and be like equal weight in a in and make that character unless the game is about the character being like that and the character's not like that. Mm-hmm. It is not about a character who is like actually the adjudicator and rations all things out with equal measure and considers every angle because they didn't write a game like that. They wrote a game about a bunch of sickos who love to kill things. <laughs> <laughs> they did write a game about a bunch of sickos. Um, and it's fine, but like, there's nothing good in the world of tyranny. No. And not even, not even in like, oh, we need like, we need like a positive vision. There's just nothing to hold on to that's like aspirational. Like, I, I carved out my own justification where like, if I achieve Kiros' peace, then there will be no more and these armies will go away and like, there will be a, a certain kind of peace that is like absolutely oppression of these peoples who don't want you here ruling over them. But it's better than like the voices and the disfavored, you know, fighting forever. Right. Um, but the game doesn't even like present those arguments. It's not interested in grappling with ideas of governance and like what it means to be not the leader of an army and not a grunt who's trying to fight against a huge system, but someone who's kind of just a middle manager getting shit done. Um, and that's why I think the, the conquest mode is like the best part of the game. It's remarkable that they basically never come back to it. It's, it's a real shame because it's like the thing that matters. It would be a very cool thing to like close the game on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you get a little bit of that when they ask you like, oh, what, what edict are you going to send out to the world or whatever? Um, and, but unfortunately, I only had one edict. <laughs> I had, I, I sent the edict of fire. So I just like, vaporize the landscape around my spire for a I couple weeks. I only had the Edict of Stone. This is the only one I had. I didn't go to the Burning Library fast enough. Apparently that mm. quest is on a time limit. No, I, I, didn't I didn't kill the baby, so I didn't end the didn't Edict of Storms. I killed apparently, the baby. Apparently if you're disfavored aligned, you can get her to abdicate the baby's like claim to the throne and then not kill the baby but oh, get the wind edict that makes sense but you can't do that in a chorus run through which sucks oh, okay yeah that does suck because i would have just done that because like i have no yes i have no problem with the lady she didn't do yeah. anything wrong like and you know well, she fucked the guy whatever and she fucked she's yeah ash's i mean she's ash's also. daughter whatever <laughs> but yeah she's just out there she's just out there having kids i don't know like yeah, i just want i just oh go ahead nora uh, i was just gonna say like it was just like it was kind of jarring, and I know that this is because a lot of these games are about being the cool guy, the really cool, like, above-it-all guy who's, like, independent in the face of all these systems and can go his own way despite all of these things. And, like, yeah, you would have the freedom to take all these options. And it was always just jarring to me when I was like, do you want to sabotage everything you've been working for this whole game? You yeah. can do it right now. No take backsies. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple times where I found like somebody from the chorus, like the the experiments guy, whatever, whoever that guy was, who like you know he has been experimenting on people. Like, I was like, oh, I want to kill this guy. This guy sucks. But if you do that, you break your entire tie with the chorus because apparently he represents the entire chorus. Well, I'm like, well, fuck. Well, like, what's the point? I did jump one guy from the chorus. I don't even remember what necessarily it was. Uh, I was like, fuck this one particular guy. It wasn't <laughs> that guy, because that guy sucks. But uh, it was a guy later on. I was like, I'm just going to team up the disfavor for this one. And they're like, thank you. And I was like, no, I'm killing you too. Just clear, clear <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so weird because like CRPGs, 
I like this genre in theory. I, I like games that are about talking to people and doing stuff. Like I, uh, Planescape Torment is really important to me. I like the Witcher games. But this particular style that comes out of like the Chris Avalon games, like KOTORs like this and stuff, are so invested in the idea that like the only good thing is a libertarian like Ubermensch character. Yeah. Like a, a special someone who has... A, fate in their hands and makes all the decisions and the reality bends around their special will. And this premise is predicated on you can't be that guy. That guy exists and he sent you to do something. And yet the game is all about trying to get you to choose to be that guy. Yeah. Like what if you want to be that guy though? I did. I played every one of those games. (laughs) Yeah. There's always a bigger guy, but the game doesn't grapple with like what it means to be, like under Kiros's mm. thumb or a willing avatar of Kiros's will, right? Like this could be a game about like faith versus like begrudging acceptance of truth. It's not about like that never comes up. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like even just the one thing of like, what if you were like the avatar of Kairos's will and like they spoke through you or some shit like that would immediately make this character the like, you know, libertarian Ubermensch guy because they're like, oh, I have this higher authority. But that's not even what they do. And it's like, my perception of this game was totally off because all I'd seen was concept art. And so when I loaded up this game and I saw just two dudes with swords and then the music played, I was like, oh, it's one of these. Because I honestly, I thought this was more of a management game i thought this was more about like making decisions and sending out agents to do things and like making choices and way less about like i'm gonna walk through this cave and pick up an important item for a guy i honestly i had no idea what this game was partially because i'd never heard anyone talk about it but i just i thought it was way more of like a management or like a like a menu I guess, based game. Like, I didn't think that it was going to be a regular-ass, like, CRPG, uh, like, isometric CRPG where you just have a party and do quests. I just, I really was not um, expecting it to be that. And I was just, like, I thought it would be way more about, like, you know, more of the conquest stuff, but mixed with, like, negotiating between, like, powerful people and, like, working that side of things rather than ever like getting down into it yourself and so that was also like a a bit of a disappointment that i guess couldn't have been avoided because i just didn't know what the game was but i think that would have been much more interesting and i restarted the game after the first act because i realized that my character concept just doesn't didn't fucking mesh with what the plot was um which was i wanted to just be like the person who shows up and like has like makes a decision and like will not stab the person who needs to be stabbed but will have somebody to stab for them and like you know the like very the guy who like the like crime boss guy who never gets his hands dirty but always has a guy ready to do shit for him like that's the kind of guy i was trying to be and that's extremely not the kind of guy that um this game wants you to be um one thing one one last thing i thought was interesting is that the even in the areas where like the town is like fully resistant or whatever they still use kairos's name as a swear uh but like in the way you would use god 
in real life. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. there's no alternative to that. I thought that was really weird. That, the, yeah. like, there's no other competing religion or anything. Yep. It's it's strange. It feels very half baked in terms of world building stuff. Considering, I feel like talking to your party members and getting extensive lore and world building is like the point of these style of games in yes. a lot of ways. And this one just just does. It feels like it's like a first pass in a way that's like weird because like Pillars is no uh, Planescape Torment, but it had more of this in it than uh, this did. It, I don't know. I, it was very frustrating to me how thin this felt. Yeah, and, like, the thing that gets me is, like, this is, you're in a place that has not been conquered, even though Kairos has been around for however many hundreds of years. Like, it's, it is implied to be probably at least, like, a thousand years of conquest, right? Like, there's no, there's no other competition for, like, who people have faith in besides Kairos, even though this place has been untouched for so long. Like, we have nothing else here. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to, like, sway you to anything else. It's just really weird. Like, it, it feels like if you wanted me to do a rebellion thing, like, at least invent somebody, uh, at least invent a second guy. No, that's you. They, they do, You're the second guy. They, yeah, they do gesture stuff with the spires being, like, a, an old magic that predates Kairos, maybe. It's hard yeah. to say. And I know that's tied to the old walls. And ne- none of us played the DLC, but the DLC apparently reveals some stupid shit about the old walls. It was built walls. by the Beastman or something. Yes. Yeah, which is like, okay, yeah, sure. I don't know who else would have built them, but that's probably the most boring answer. Yeah. Um, it's very funny to have that specific observation about how some of the setting feels half-baked because according to the Wikipedia page, uh, Chris Avalon did just kind of dump a bunch of world building in their laps and then bounce from the project. Yes. <laughs> so it's, yeah, sure. be, it's very funny to imagine them just like not expanding any of that shit. Well, they, well, they I just assume claimed, they had writers. Yeah. They've claimed that he basically like there's names and that's kind of basically all he gave them. And they did the rest of the heavy lifting after that point. So it's hard to say. Yeah, and I don't want to like be mean to them too much because you know this is they Obsidian. I don't think makes a lot of money <laughs> to fund this kind of thing. Well, uh, and we know this is like the post pillars thing. Yeah, they used to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of. Eh. I I didn't come away from this one wanting to. I was like curious, like okay, what does the rebellion thing look like? And I'm then I like five second layers. So I was like, I'm not playing this again to find out. Like I am not looking. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that much. Because there were a couple times where I clicked the, like, I'm going to kill this guy from the chorus. Fuck this. And then the game was like, okay, you've cut all your ties with all your alliances. I was like, well, wait, no, that's not what I wanted to do. Like, I just wanted to kill this one guy. Mm -hmm. Voices would have said it was okay. I'm cool with him. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, if they said Tyranny 2 at E3 this year, what's your reaction? No. Ugh. No. Yeah. yeah. That that's it. That's the I mean that'll never happen. Truth of it. But no, for sure. <laughs> Cuz they're they're working on something right now. Obsidian. They're working on the first person The uh, Outer Worlds 2. N- well, no, they're working on the they're working on the game set in the Pillars universe that looks like a fake Skyrim that Microsoft bought them to make. Oh. Is that, that a could be good, I guess. Or is that grounded? What no. Was that? No, that's avowed. It must be yes. avowed. Yeah. That sounds like it could be fun. I don't know. I'd I'd play that probably. I want a good. I want a good Obsidian game. <laughs> Question I, is, that's what I want. Is, is Critical Role going to be in that one? <laughs> Might I suggest Fallout New Vegas, which is a game with a lot of problems, but yeah. I think it's mostly it's still good. good. I See, like yes. it. The thing is, is that I played all these Elder Scrolls games because we made a commitment that we're going to play Skyrim later this year. I thought we were going to play Oblivion first, though, but. 
Well, yeah, but I, you know. Started playing Oblivion. Yeah. So. Um, which means that when we when we decide, okay, New Vegas is coming, I'm going to play the other Fallout games before the podcast. Oh, Christ. Gonna, yeah, I, I mean, I do what you context. will. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Whatever floats your boat. I will give them a fair shake, and I will see what happens. I don't have I've... a ton of confidence in Fallout, but... My I've... thing about New Vegas is that it's an. I think it's a very good game. It's also like 60 hours long, and I think you need to play the DLCs. I think the DLCs mm. are good. I think I think some of them are good. I think one well, of them yes, is one yes, of the yes, worst I think one of them is really, played. really bad, yes. <laughs> I also didn't like, I, you're talking about Honest Hearts, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm also talking about Dead Money, I don't think is very good either, but. I also, Dead Money is the one everyone seems to like, and I don't get it, because I thought it was really boring. I don't get it, I thought it was boring too. I I'm like the sci-fi one, because it's very <laughs> stupid. M, will you come back for the uh, New Vegas episode? Fuck no. That's way too long, that's way too much commitment. Well, I let's play that game, you can go to youtube.com slash mapping and watch I, me play yeah, that game on, for hours. Yeah. Hold on, I didn't hours. say, will you replay New Vegas with us, I said, will you come back to talk about New Vegas? No, I don't think I could do that without replaying the game, and okay. I don't, I yeah, can't that's, that. That's too much video game. Okay. We got two emails and some Twitter questions. Where can people send emails if they want to send emails? Well, you can send that to journalupdated at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nora, are you still there? We lost Nora again. There you are. <sighs> uh, shall, shall I read you the first email? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our first email comes in from Salamancor, uh, who says, I found this game very disjointed and especially was frustrated that I had no attachment to most of my party members and the only real exception being Kilbs and Shadow, which I guess I should say myself was not the uh, name I expected to be there. Um, so what do you think makes a great party member in RPGs? Who are the standout examples from games you've played? Uh, for me, when I think of great party members, I always think of Dakon from Torment, Moen from Baldur's Gate 2, and Quistus from FF8. Uh, those are, those are their hmm. examples. Dakon rules. Dakon is the ideal of this style of character for this style of game. I've what never, I've never played uh, Torment. One day, I don't think I. Don't Dakon's like enough. a like a, a holy warrior, and there's like a whole sub. He's got like this stone ring, and there, there's a whole sub quest that's just talking to him and trying to figure out what the fuck this stone ring does. It's like <laughs> tied to his religion, and it's so good. <laughs> Great. Um, I like. <laughs> I didn't like this at the time, but in hindsight, I've come to really find this kind of fun. Um, in the other torment, that is uh, Tides of Numenera, there's a guy who I'm trying to remember what his deal is, but I think he's he's like this himbo guy who sometimes just gets possessed by this like f- like very like heroic, very like um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like showboaty heroism. Like as this other personality, I think I think his text changes color or something, and sure. like he constantly is like switching into this mode of like very classical like swashbuckling heroism. Um, this is like very vague memories, but I I, I think fondly upon the characters from uh, Numenera more than I expected to. Um, I didn't never finish that game, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um. I'm scrolling through a list of games to try and find 
uh, my, somebody. I really like Alistair in Dragon Age Origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't play in the sequels. I just like of the Bioware like soft boy characters who all fucking suck. The the Karths <laughs> and the yeah. Kaidens. I think he's the most interesting one because he's so central to the plot. And there's the the function of that game is like if you go down his route, you can like make him tougher because he has to. You know, he's he's in line to the throne, and you're like, if you're gonna be king, you need to stop fucking around and being like a, a loser. Like I need yeah. you to be the fucking king, <laughs> and I love that shit. Eat it up. Uh, you know, I actually really liked Isabella when I played Dragon Age Two. Uh, I need to play if when you play Dragon Age Two, I might play. I've never played that. And I I, I, want to. I think Dragon Age Two is good. Um, I I liked Isabel a lot in that game. Uh, I'm trying. Who who's the other? Who's the Shield Lady in that game? Because I thought she was cool. Uh, but I can't remember what her name is. So I guess there's that. Let me tell okay. you about a guy named Kratos from Tales of Symphonia. <laughs> oh, it's, shut up! <laughs> it's weird because I feel like I feel like JRPGs are cheating for this. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like, not the I same like kind of thing. It's really easy to make an anime character I like. Like, anime is easy. There's like six <laughs> archetypes. Throw yes. a dart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, like, I'm like, I, I like Miranda from Mass Effect 2. I think she's a cool character. I was also watching Chuck at the time, so I was fond of the actress. <laughs> um, I mean... Her, prob- her problem is literally that she's uh, she's mad that her dad made her hot because it's made <laughs> yeah. her life a living hell. Her and ass you know is too it's, tight. It, it's fun. I don't hate it. <laughs> can I no, I don't, take, even, I don't hate that part of it. Can I be the one to take the obvious answer and say Kim Kitsuragi? Oh, oh shit. shit. Kim! <laughs> I die for Kim. Fucking Fuck. die for Kim. I would die for Kim. How could I forget? I'm a fool. Damn. Fuck. I would do anything for Kim. Yeah. I kind of like Mort from Torment, from Planescape. Mort's great. Yeah. He's just a skull. I guess I should play that game one day. What? What we should asshole. play that game, but we need more distance because we just played two CRPGs. You, you can't. You need to, yes. You need to stay far away for, for a while, but it's, yeah. good, it's a good game. Next month it's um, a shooter, so, you know. Next month I'll have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I claim Can I claim Max from Sam and Max? Does that count? I feel like this is cheating, but, I, you know, I don't want to pick JRPGs. I, I mean, like, don't do you play a Sam specifically? Yes, Max is an item oh, you use okay. on people. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, sure, fuck it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Nora, do you want to read the other question, or you want me to read it? Um. Do you I, have the emails up? I, it's basically yes, what I'm asking. I was just thinking if there were any uh, other things I was going to say. Uh, the other email you said? Yep. Or, okay. Yes. So, this one comes in from Jen. If you had the opportunity to live out your life as a villain, would you be part of a rogues gallery or take the lead role for yourself? And would you set your sights on taking the world by storm or setting up a nice, cozy, sinister corner of the world for you and your friends? Oh, I'm, I feel I'm, like we've done this already. I'm definitely God Emperor of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's seen if you if, if anyone's read uh, God Emperor of Dune, that's me. That's what I want to do. I just want to live forever and rule everything. Yeah, I, being a big worm is incidental. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> that's about, neither it's here about, nor there. It's about ensuring your ability to see plans to fruition. Mm-hmm. The problem with being in charge of everything is eventually you die, and some idiot who doesn't know what they're doing takes over. If you could just eliminate that, even if you're a worm, you can get shit done. Yeah, it's all good. So, what if you had like a king, but he was really, really good? 
I mean, yeah. The, the, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't ever feel like I want to take the lead role, but then I do it anyway. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm more about the the my own corner of the world for myself. That, that's that's more my speed. I feel the like thing- you're like the good cop general of an army. That's probably true. To a bad cop leader. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, the thing that I keep coming back to is how I uh, feel most at home as a second, like, like a second in charge rather than like the leader. Um, like there was there have been times in jobs where I've been like the person that ever like we're all working and then like we have our like supervisor and like I'm I end up kind of being like. The person You're the go-between. That, yeah, I kind of, like, build a rapport with the supervisor and, like, uh, have, like, relationship there that turns into, like, not a not real necessarily authority, but, like, just being, like, the second in, in charge. Like, the person who holds it down when the boss is out. Uh, and so, in that case, I in, in this question, I would be, like, the, the wizard to the uh, evil emperor. I'd be like the court wizard sure. or something. Not not the kind that's like manipulating them to their own ends. Just like the second No, you're just charge. vibing. Just, yeah, I'm just vibing. I'm I've got these crystals, you know. <clears throat> uh, I'd be a cool wizard though. We've got some Twitter questions. There's a couple Twitter questions, yeah. You want me to take the first one? Sure, I thought that's what you were doing. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what this one comes in from Roger says a cab who asks, "What's the best video game RPG combat system ever?" Oh God, best RPG combat. <clears throat> uh, East three, Oath and Fulgana. You just got an attack and a dodge roll. That's all you need. That's all you need. I guess does Dark Souls is an RPG. I like Dark Souls yeah. combat. Yeah, I, I would accept Dark Souls. What I like I Monster Hunter a lot. Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter stretching the definition of RPG, but you're getting gear. That's like an yeah, RPG. Yeah, you're getting gear. You're Yeah, you don't raise stats, but you do increase your stat numbers with gear. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. It's like changing jobs with outfits, you know. Yeah, exactly. If, if Final Fantasy XIV is an RPG, then Monster yeah, Hunter is an RPG. Monster Hunter is an RPG. Rogue is really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's acceptable. I'm not okay. here to. Sure. Um, what if you just like bumped in? They into haven't guys? gotten it better than Rogue, huh? They haven't gotten it better than Rogue. That's the peak. No, not really. I mean, okay. I haven't, I haven't played NetHack yet. Like that's that. I feel like that's Net the hack. the biggest successor. NetHack is the big one. Yes. Um. So I haven't touched that one yet. I was kind of like unsure if i wanted to try it mostly because i was worried that it would be too jokey in a way that like adventure games that i don't like are but i think i'm i'm willing to just hold my breath and jump into the pool and see what happens the the job i had after i got out of college uh i sat next to a guy who the only game he played was net hack 
and just listened to endless stories about this game. I'd never heard of it before, um, because mm-hmm. this was 2006 and the internet was not what it is now. Um, and just endless stories about how weird NetHack was. <laughs> never, there's no way my playing the game would ever live up to that. I haven't even thought about touching sure. it, but it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, uh, D&D games that I played, um, that I actually, uh, that video will come up event go up on the channel eventually. Um, it's called Dungeon Hack because Hack uh, is a is one of the like successors of Rogue. That's where NetHack gets its name. Uh, there are like multiple branches from Rogue, and so mm-hmm. the names live on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like Rogue. I think it's really good. They should make another game like that someday. I hope they do for you. Yeah. Uh, last question comes from Turtle Ant, who says, "What's a game you've been telling yourself I should really play that for play that for like years?" And parentheses, sorry, I don't know anything about Tyranny. You are fine. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. I don't know anything about Tyranny either. Um, I have a list. I don't know. I, I I can't think of any off the top of my head that I'm like been meaning to play recently. I've been getting around to a lot of stuff recently. Riven's really high on my list. Really oh, Riven's good. That might be the top of my list. I've never played it. I, always, yeah, I love Mist. Mist is one of my favorite games. Nora, Nora, shut the fuck shut up. The fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> We're talking about Mist and Riven right now. Um, from Ventus Riven? Shut the fuck up! Uh, I, I mean, a big chunk of these games for me are just future journal mm. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The, the the plus of having a, our, a video game game club for eight years, I've played a lot of the games I always meant to get. Yeah, <laughs> you can <laughs> just say Mother, we're doing that. Mother Three is really high on my list, but we're playing that next year. So, mm-hmm. like, Planescape is definitely on there, and a lot of the like Baldur's Gate, um, that those those RPGs have been like floating there for a while. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else, but, like, most things I feel like I've gotten to. It's just, like, when I get a new thing where I'm like, I should play that, that turns into, well, well, I guess I'll play all six of these. <laughs> and then I dabble in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of things I feel like I should have played, or, like, I would like to fill in gaps, but it's a long process. And I have the problem where I like to finish the stuff I start, so it makes yeah. everything very slow. Sometimes I'm like, should I try Guard? And then I'm like, no, but I'm, I'm free because I don't like Yokotaro. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I have no interest in playing Dragon Guard. I have not yet liked a Yokotaro game, but what if Dragon Guard is like secretly really fun for me, the person who likes weird RPGs? <laughs> I don't like hate Automata like people do. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was fine. Capital F. Uh, I'm more down on it these days because I just think about like how people say the combat is good and it's not. It's not. It's original not. Nier it has sucks. Better combat. I haven't played original Nier. I I thought about. It. I almost did back in the day, but I did. there are so many paths in my like life I could have gone down. I could have been I a Persona Four guy. Almost, I also almost played Nier back in the day. Like I, I knew of it as like, oh, that's an RP, an action RPG that I've heard good things about in a way that like, you know, people talked about demon's souls before it got really popular yeah like here's like a niche thing that's like the people who like it really like it and that's when i played it it was the best time to play it (laughs) yep that that is the time Um, to play those games the thing about automata's combat is that um i used to really like platinum video games and then every time i try to play one over the last like 
six years, I've been increasingly like, no, I don't like I don't like this actually. The Bayonettas uh, are the only good platinum games. Yeah, there's only like one or two it's I haven't just touched Bayonetta. yet, but it's just Bayonetta. I don't like anything else they've made. I, I it, have not found any it, other platinum game I like. It is really, really interesting now. Uh, I guess what eight years removed? How much Revengeance was like supported by being a Metal Gear game. Um, whereas I don't know that I would enjoy playing that game now. You know, Revengeance actually might be one of the ones I need to get around to. That, I, that might be, I've been meaning to play that game. I both dislike Revengeance as an action game and as a Metal Gear game. I, that, I, that is one of the games I am most spicy about. I think it's fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't like the demo when I played it, but Luke is suggesting that I would, I might like it. So I will probably you at some like point it. play you it. Give it yeah. a shot. I mean, it's short. It's really short. So. If you yeah, sit down with it, you'll be done in like 20 minutes. So... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not even a long game. I know, like, I even on top of Molly plays games fast. It's not. Yeah, a long yeah it's game. like it's, it's like a six. It's like a six seven hour game at the most. It's, so. it's got yeah. eight stages. Yeah, yeah. So. so I don't know. Maybe one day, but I I also hey. don't like that style of game as much as you know other people. So I I can't figure out if I actually did like these games at one point or if I just like hung out around people who liked these games a lot because like i have like when devil may cry 5 came out i was like oh yeah finally a new devil may cry and then i played like five minutes of it and i was like oh a new devil may cry I have and to, i, I have like to dmc play that still and i was devil like may cry 4 is incredible love the first game so i expect I was, to like five i'm still like invested in the characters i i like the characters a lot and like the story a lot but just I tried playing Devil May Cry Five, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I don't like this as much as I thought I did." Yeah, it's just a like weird character action game. Disconnect. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that should be it. Uh, or else M might turn into a pumpkin. Um, no, I'm f- I'm fine, but yeah, you know. Well, also I'm kind of done too. It, we've I been going for an hour. I and do half. have to pick up Autumn from work in like 15 minutes. So, well, what the, okay. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, That's yeah, assuming uh, she gets out on time. You know, M, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can listen to all of my podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, there's a lot of them, but you should listen to Abnormal Mapping at thebestgame.club. We have you an should. episode that just came out on Max Payne 2 and Gravity Rush. We're about it's to really do the Lost good. Odyssey episode. I've heard that Molly might be coming through for that one. Oh, you know, I, yeah, I've passed Jackson. I'm definitely going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> my playthrough is going great, so I, I'll definitely be able to show up for that. Do you find any Odysseys? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're out there. Oh, I've, uh, I, found, I found a them, number of them. Yeah, yes. I found a number of them. <laughs> I found a dead guy and kind of went, damn, this reminds me of a time I talked to a guy who killed people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Nora, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find the uh, Let's Plays that I do at exportodd.io slash video. You can find the Export Audio Podcast Network at exportodd.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio. Uh, give us money so that Autumn and I can do... I mean, Autumn just launched a new podcast, um, Ornate Stairwells, yeah, which about is a movies. movie podcast. And we're also going to start a movie podcast very infrequently. Uh, so if you like... When you say we, is that you and Autumn? Yes. Okay. I also I also might be claiming a new podcast with Autumn soon, so look forward Damn. to that. Well... If you want my new podcast with Autumn, <laughs> uh, you should give us money and also tweet at us about how much you really like Godzilla and want somebody to do a Godzilla podcast to make that more likely. Godzilla's good. 
Godzilla's yeah. pretty cool. He's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Molly, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly the Y E R. You can find me at audioentropy.com, specifically on Eidolon Playtest these days. It's where I'm doing spending a lot of my time. I wrote a tabletop game with my friend Luke, and we are playtesting it, and the show is good. Um, also doing Totally Reprise. We're currently watching, when you hear this, the first episode of us watching Gravity Falls will be out in like a day. Um, so yeah, come watch Gravity Falls with us. It's probably going to be a really good time. Uh, I've heard I've heard good things about that show. Um, also on the Amory score over on Abnormal Mapping, Jackson and I, we may have been supposed to record an episode yesterday, but I don't think we talked about it, so... Uh, anything to put off reading Year of the Black Rainbow. That I guess. last episode is one of the most painful descriptions of a book I've ever sat through. It is dire. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, those are all the podcasts I do. Uh, Journal's usually the last one I plug, so I, I think I got all of them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to another Journal Updated. We'll be back next month with Bioshock, and the month after that with Undertale. We're taking a yeah, big damn. departure from the last couple months. Yeah, we're doing some other oh, stuff. Oh, you're playing good games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I uh, consider this journal. There you go. Updated. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, you're back. I did not stop recording. Neither did we. Okay, cool.